Hi, today we are celebrating Eric and Rachel Rivera of Artistic Flooring and Tile. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi. how are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Podcast. Thanks for having We're us. We're so excited to have you, too. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we want to hear all about your life. So how did your business get started? How did you get into flooring and tile? Honestly, I started doing it when I was a young teenager. I always wanted to find a way to to make money when I was young because I always liked to have my own money. And my grandmother used to insist on shoveling driveways, but she also used to want me to do it for free. So I said, Grandma, you got to have some better ideas than that. And, uh, she eventually put me with her son, my uncle, and I would spend the summers of middle school. I think I started right around middle school, like sixth, seventh grade. I'd, I would do it during the summertime at least a few days a week or at least on the weekends. And even though it was hard work, yeah, even though it was hard work, I really, I really, really seemed to enjoy it. But even as a young kid, I really, I really enjoyed it. So I started off oh, was as it a kind of an apprenticeship. Um, pretty much, pretty much. I started off hard too. I started off carpet first, which some people think that ceramic tile has got to be the most strenuous, but it's not. Carpet is... Carpet will wear you out. It'll have you hunched over. I mean, it'll ruin your knees, your back for sure. Early. I'm already 44 and I feel okay. So I'm predominantly doing hard surfaces, tile, laminate, stuff Stuff you can carry one box at a time. Instead of yes. a, whole, a whole giant roll of carpet on your neck. Well, and that thing that they use to, to put the carpet in place, that knee that, that you kick with Make your knee. The kicker, you know, it's got a pad, but that looks like it hurts like a dick. <laughs> Especially the first time I heard my uncle say, do it right, you got to feel it. I was like, yeah, that's, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't going to be for me. I promise <laughs> you, I'll put all your pad and tax grip down though real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, smart boy. That's right. He works smarter, not harder. I made sure I was so good at it that he would never want me to install in carpet. So you really started in a family business. I mean, you were, even though it was your uncle, you were second generation at family business. Mm -hmm. Did you have like cousins that were his sons that worked for him as well or, or daughter? Yep. Yep. His son, Jason, he was younger than me. So he came, he's crazy because before me, there was one of my second cousins who was four years older than me. And he actually started with my uncle first and then went on to become an auto mechanic. That's when I weaseled my way in, like, okay, cousin guy is out of the way. So what about me? And then he's, he's, my uncle Mike has spent time with a few of us. There's a couple other cousins that actually have learned the trade from him. Some of them went off to have, to make wiser decisions <laughs> from the experience. And some of us are just, I don't know, built. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate using my hands and being able to be artsy in a way pay my bills at the same time and well art, art's always been my thing so art's always been my thing uh-huh so i mean the, what we do here at artistic surface artistic surface that's my old business name. The old one in back new in new york yeah had okay. to switch it so in artistic flooring and tile we we pride ourselves on doing high-end work and taking on those those very very detailed projects that can go wrong with one, one false move. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the art, artsy side of me that, that I'm allowed to, uh, I don't know, utilize mm -hmm. through my, through my flooring skills. So it Would also, that's the thing that divided you from, from some of the cousins that went in, in a different direction is that they, I, I think, that's they why I think I loved it more because there is, there is a lot of. There is a lot of strain. There is, you do, it is a lot of manual and physical labor. It really is. Mm -hmm. I think math wise too, to be honest with you, Eric really is a numbers guy and likes to calculate and a lot of like layouts and like how you do on the job site. A lot of it has to do with measurements and calculations and stuff like that. And you have yeah. to do a lot of math and, and, and adjusting and stuff like that. So I think that's a strong suit for him also. It's something he likes to do. So putting those two together for him. I think is what makes me really enjoy it. Yeah, it makes me makes me want to stay focused. You, know, you fight through the pain because you you can't think about the pain as much when you're thinking about the details and the measurements. Yeah, all at once. 
the challenge behind that makes the day go by so quickly. I believe there's two different types of people in this world when it comes to work in the workforce. And I think a lot of us will agree that there's, there's the person that there's never enough time in a day. You say it all the time. You say it to people that you work, am- you work amongst, you say it to yourself. Oh my God, there's never enough time in the day because you're, you're trying to get so much accomplished that your days go by really quick. There's that person. And then there's the type of person that shows up 10 minutes late every day. He's supposed to be working from seven to three 30 by two 30. He's pretending to sweep the same area. He was sweeping a half hour ago. That type of person tends to have very long work days. And could you imagine having that skill set and being a construction worker at the same time? I mean, that's a torturous life. I would, I would think for some or for me, I don't, I never feel like there's enough time. I've had customers, I've had customers tell me it's getting late and that they want to sit down and have dinner, you know, or <laughs> kick us out. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can come back tomorrow. That'd be great. <laughs> That's well, so it, that, that level of yeah, engagement and, and, and getting engrossed in the work and, and really just kind of losing your, getting into a, they call that flow state where you. You, you're just so in it, you you kind of lose track of time. All of a sudden, you look at the clock and you're like, it's time to go. And weirdly, you're like, not yet. <laughs> like, I should want to go. I've been working for nine hours now. I should really, really want to go. Mm. Uh, if you could bottle that, I can tell, I can tell you could sell a lot of it. Oh, yeah. We need a wrench. That's our new business. That's our new business model. How many years in tile now? You said 44 and you started when you were in middle school. So what, 30 plus years? You think? Tile? No, that's a good question because tile, I've only been doing tile for 12, 12 okay. years. When you uh, moved I, to here? When you moved to, to Florida? No. No. I've, we've been here two years now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. we've So about 10 years back in New York and then two so far since I've been here. Okay. Yeah, so I moved on from carpet mm-hmm. in my when I'm right around when I met Rachel, actually, because when I met Rachel, I was still living around the corner from my uncle. As a matter of fact, yeah. So that's kind of when I left it. I didn't. I never wanted to buy a van or have to maintain a van. And a van is a necessity when yeah. you're doing carpet. A van or a cube truck, you have to have room for goods. Rolls up to 15 feet long. Sure. No, there's 12 and 15 foot goods when it comes to carpeting. You got to be able to lug either one of those sizes around. So I'm more of a pickup truck, toolboxes on the back of it kind of guy. So did you go through the wood floor? I'm guessing in New York, there's a lot of old buildings that have got a lot of nice hardwood floors. Did you you also do that? A lot more than here. So we're, even as a laminate guy, which is where I started, laminate is like, it's the new version of, of hardwood. Hardwood's an entirely different animal. There's a lot more to cut, co- a lot of more responsibilities to come with it too. You have to pay it. it it's, it's, a, it's, it's real. You know what I mean, it's a live material. I won't quite free. It expands and contracts or sometimes laminates only expand if they get wet, which has been a problem for a lot of people in the last 20 to 30 years, which is why they switched to vinyl tile which also looks like laminate so i've progressed with time where i put in miles and miles and miles let alone square feet of laminate and then eventually ventured on to hardwood whether it be nailing it down over subfloors because we don't have only or predominantly concrete substrates up north and then eventually ventured over to even gluing it down over concrete, which was good to get that experience, not knowing that I was going to eventually live in Florida. <laughs> but uh, even with that, there's a lot to pay attention to. But you have to make sure that the concrete moisture levels are at a certain at a certain level before you can install it. So everything was like a more of a slow progression. I went from easy to 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 a uh, difficult level over time with my my. Floor coverings is what they refer to them. All ends. that that can, when you say floor coverings, that pretty much refers to all, which was always which is always very beneficial to me, yes. because I was able to be a lot more versatile than just any other floor guy. Where you have your tile setters, you have your hardwood men, 
Um, they usually, hardwood guys usually do a little bit of laminate, so on and so forth, but they really don't do tile. Yeah, I've never really heard yet of people that specialize in tile but could do carpet if they had. Those are, those are like two very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. It's okay. so cool. Make, it puts you in a, a, a more fluid or flexible category, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it's in, in regards to the surface that you could have that you could have us install or help provide materials for. We are very knowledgeable then because we have hands-on experience installing. Yeah, so it's it's kind of cool because it allows me to be the measure guy, the salesperson, the decorator, the installer, the accountant, so the yeah. marketer, the networker between the two of us and we're yeah. able to conquer what some store owners pay five to 10 different people to do even more if they have numerous locations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that gives you, that gives you the ability to, to stay small and, and get it all done. Yeah. Correct. And yeah. Cause I would imagine point, that'll become a, a ceiling for growth. You'll have to, I feel like I, I really have to get to the point where I'm bored of it. I think I've restricted myself and it's almost intentional. I, I love doing it too much. I'm not ready to just go around and do quality control and measure and estimate. And maybe have to wear more than a t-shirt. I don't, I don't know if I want to do all that yet. I don't care to look that important. I still enjoy just being my own uh -huh. employee at this point. And I can always rely on myself. What some family businesses do, and I, I know we're, we kind of, we're not off the same bit, but what, what some businesses do is, is decide on bringing in outside management as they're growing at some point they decide I've got a friend who they, they had to do that. And so as you're saying that I'm thinking, well, one possibility is you could find somebody that, that loves doing all that stuff and, and put them in charge knowing that they're working for you still and you, and you're still in the field and, and still doing, doing the work. Yeah. Have to be, there'd have to be a lot of trust there because you yeah. got other people doing the work now that you need really the eye of the owner on it. Yeah. But, remember you mentioned before about not, not only explaining or going into detail into what it is that I love about what I do, but what else I could learn, what else I could, that I would like to get out of it, mm -hmm. which is in my mid forties now. I mean, that's something I think about every day. How do I eventually progress? We believe, Rachel and I, that moving down here, not that it was our main reason because it wasn't, it wasn't even in the top 10 of lists of importance, things mm -hmm. that we wanted to accomplish when we got down to, is there's a lot more down here. It's a bigger city than where we're from. We felt like not only could we get away from the people that helped us grow to who we are today so we didn't have to become their competitors and I have to sit back potentially cripple. I wouldn't want to compete with friends or, or yeah, lim limit them. Maybe. Yeah. Limit them. Yes. Restrict or limit or anything like that or negotiate against. So separating myself from the people that helped me get here, which I love and thank all of them because majority of them sent me down here with very good, very, very nice referral, like two or three page letter referrals. Wow. You know, explained their experience with me over long periods of time, which was necessary when it came to licensing and stuff like that, tests for licensing. They wanted okay. you to have a lot of referrals from well-known people. So they not only gave me opportunities to build myself through their companies, but sent me off with a very nice farewell referrals as well. So moving down here, Rachel and I believe that we, we would be able to take it to that next level and still do. It's just synchronizing. I guess my question and something that I would love to learn is how do, how do you synchronize having enough work where you can, this has been the biggest thing for me and it probably restricts a lot of people. How do you get to the point where you can synchronize having more than enough work coming in where you can guarantee people that you're interviewing and hiring at least a 40 hour week, right? And then there's always enough work for in-house people. 
Rachel and I have had a few employees and still have one as, as we speak right now. But how do you attract enough other reputable companies that want to work with you, whether it be subcontracting through you or just conquering larger projects like hotels? We used to do them up north and hotels, there would be a handful of us that were helping knock that hotel out over a projected period of time. So otherwise competitors that were for this, for that project brought in and, and all working as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. There'd be like eight floors on a hotel. So they yeah. put team A, team B, team C. And the team that finished first and passed inspection would be able to move down to floor five and so on and so forth. I mean, and I always beat them to the, to the lobby because <laughs> that's where all the steak was, all the filet mignon, the, the floors, all the units were just salad. Guys would like, you know, you, you got those guys that like to smoke off the, the open window area when nobody's looking and they can hide silly stuff that they got going on. My focus was if I get two, two floors done before they do, I get the entire lot. And that's where I really get to showcase my talent sure. was in the lobby. So I have, I have infinite pictures of hotel remodels that I've done. Wow. So yeah, you, I mean, I'm hearing you really think like an entrepreneur. So we got to get I mean, to the family part. I like to think so. I appreciate saying that. <laughs> oh, you do. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, just, you do. You're, you're, you're thinking like a business owner and like a, a growth, a, growth story. Yeah. So long, long-term thinking, that's, yeah. that's, that's great. I love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking so that your uncle, you worked with your uncle for, for years and years. Uh, that was a family. So there was family dynamics there. What do you, so one of the questions I like, what do you love most about working with family? I mean, I know the two of you are working together. Yeah. How's that? How does that, how did you figure that out? And, and what do you love most about that? And, and also about just having worked with, with family, well, basically your whole life. Well, I know that coming from like my end, so it works well with the two of us because we're on different spectrums. He's been in the installation. He knows how to do all that part. And my background is accounting and business. So I've always worked through the years doing bookkeeping and the business side of business. So when we decided to come together, it just made sense that we knew how to operate the whole business between the two of us. Because we both have had experience. A lot of babe, a lot of bad days at the, at the job, where you come home and you settle in, you get to sit down and have dinner and stuff, and you look each other in the face and say, "What point do we just get up and do this for ourselves? Why am I subcontracting? And why are you working and being unappreciated by the person that you're working for?" Yeah, because we can we we know how to do that. Like I said, the whole business aspect yeah. between the two of us. So it made sense that eventually we would really partner up and do it for ourselves. I think one of the benefits working together as a married couple also and being family, I think just the, I don't know if excitement is the word, but just, or being proud, just that we're accomplishing that as, as a family, you don't really get to share that if you're just working in an office with other people coming home and being excited about what you did or anything like that. So with us, it's that you can enjoy that together. I think is, I think for, is not only that, it, it really, for me, I guess maybe I'm not going to say as a father, cause I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to say that Rachel doesn't feel the same way, but no matter what we led by example for our kids, no matter what they see it every single day, they're witnessing it. We're not talking about it in front of them. We're doing it in front of them. And at the end of the day, if that's all we leave, we leave is they'll remember me and Rachel for that. On top of probably a, a larger list of things, they'll always be able to say that their parents worked really hard and they really tried as hard as they possibly could. I think too with that is that they get to experience a lot of stuff. Like for instance, in the family, like my father growing up, he owned a plumbing HVAC company my whole life. I did work for him back in New York as well, doing some things for him because he's a small business as well. But just being able to experience 
what it's like to own a business. They see me on the phone at night. We, I talk to them about what it really takes being the difference between an employee and what it takes to actually like own a business. And they get to see that, all the sacrifices you really have to make that. Yeah. I guess it takes a long time being a really good follower before you can be a really good leader too. And that's something that we'll be able to pass on to them is don't think that anything can happen overnight because it doesn't. You have to struggle and you have to encounter the trials and tribulations of life and whatever it is that you want to acquire as a career along the way. It's just everything that you experience along the way builds character. It's necessary to have really bad days and really feel unappreciated and let down. It really is. That. It really Absolutely. is. That is so Absolutely. wise. Oh my God. Everybody wants instant everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. instant gratification. We want to hit that e easy button. We want yeah. to do that. And yeah. That's why they're all in credit debt. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're going to save up for anything anymore. Man, I got two years, no interest on this card. Swipe it already. <laughs> and that well, becomes the mentality. <laughs> well, are your kids interested in, in the business at all? Or have they shown signs? Or, I mean, my daughter's artsy, but... Unlike some, some parents in the past that hope their kids take after them and, you know, all of that, I've never been that. I actually try to guide them in to make better decisions. And not that I made bad decisions, it's just I'm not a millionaire yet. So somewhere along the lines, I haven't made all the best decisions because I am 44 years old. So I like to encourage them to do whatever it is that they want to do. Yeah. And then God forbid, this could be a scapegoat for any one of the kids, if not all. And a lot of them have the, like I, my artsy, the, my art skills mm -hmm. were passed on by my father. My sister has it. She owns her own fabulous cake making business back in Rochester, New York, where people call her and she's getting 100, 200 sometimes. And it's like, she loves doing it. So my daughter, she's got that. You know, well, of course. Yeah, but so she can see in the example of the family how art is a lot more than just drawing or painting. I mean, art can be in, in laying out a, a tile floor and figuring out a pattern. Art can be ba decorating and ba making cakes. Art, it's, mm -hmm. I guess, in the HVAC, I mean, if you're building, just laying out ductwork through a big building that could be a form of art yeah yeah, yeah you gotta yeah ken, absolutely ken you gotta really follow that blueprint or everything can go wrong like i've had large warehouses that i was tiling and it's like i have four or five different doorways going down a hallway if i start installing my tile once i come around this way and go all the way down that hallway and come back i gotta tie it back in back over here you miss by even a hair and your rolls are off. So there's no room for failure on some of these jobs. You know what I mean? Because you can read a blueprint until you're blue in the face and stare and stare at it. If you can't lay those dimensions down and put that grid down on the floor. Yeah. It's over. We know why I don't so, tile. You, <laughs> might, you might put down a thousand feet. You might put down a thousand feet of material that's been curing for days, getting that thousand feet across and then t go to tie back in and fail. Oh my God. It's something that I think of. It's almost like a, like a night during the day. <laughs> yeah. On those larger projects. But the crazy part about it is when I see those projects, it's like, I gotta have it. You know what I mean? And that's, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with daily challenges that just keep you going. Ted, oh my God, it's been 10 hours. All I was thinking about was how I need to get down that hallway and tie it back in over here without missing. And all of a sudden, 10 hours have gone. So. I mean, you're, this is not about us, but you're so in tune with what we, the way we work, because we're, we're all about how people think and how you're thinking. Is, is working very effectively for you. And the, the, that idea of setting yourself a challenge. They, in, in the learning industry, they call it gamification, trying to make somehow make the learning of material, putting a gaming aspect into it, whether it's earning points or setting small achievements so that you're, you're constantly competing against yourself yeah. and kind of keeping score in a, 
in a very positive way. You know, it's, it, it makes, it makes all the difference like you're talking about. I've told customers in their, on their home as I'm trying to close a deal that I see their, I see their project as an, as an art project. For me, it's, it's an art project. It's a game that I'm going to be there enjoying until it's finished. It's a little bit more than just finishing it at the time you need me to finish it and getting it installed. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than that. And it'll show in the end. And that's, that alone is, is closes for me. And it's a sincere thing to say, which the best part for me is it's like, I, I can't, I can't imagine how many customers have probably looked me in the face and thought maybe there's a good chance that he's either a real good salesman or he's blowing smoke, you know? And I'm telling you, I've had, and I've had those, I've had those customers that want to put me to the challenge too. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh yeah, we said we were going to do this, but now it's going to be on a diagonal and it's going to have flowers and it's going to be, and it's like, that's not what we agree upon, but okay. All right. I see where you're going with this. You want to try and you want to, you want me to put my foot in my mouth is what you want. You're going to love it, whether you like it or not. Are you guys cultivating relationships with architects? Because I'm hearing the stuff you're talking about. That's the kind of stuff that makes architects just, I want to say, wet their pants, right? They, they, They envision these things that they, they, Probably can't get somebody to do. I mean, I, I did see one shower that was incredibly complex and, and it, it the, I, I can't describe it all. I can't remember it, but it, it really captured, it was art. I mean, it captured the idea of waves and a rain and, and, and then there were pebbles in the, in the base. It, yeah. it was, it was brilliant and beautiful. I know it was it took was. somebody a lot of work to do that. And I'm just thinking with what you're describing, it seems like architects getting in there getting in their head <laughs> yeah. yeah because they, they are the ones you do the work they are initially the decorator too so i've always had great relationships with people like that back home because they i was one of, of others too that could see through their vision through i could be the hands to see out their vision and they can stay all clean and dress nice keep their heads in the books Everything so else, pointed at you, Rachel. Is that is are you are you getting to know architects? Is that what that meant? We have not not known an architect, architects in yeah. particular. Designers, yeah, like designers in the construction. Designers would be more of our speed, I think, because they do work with the clients and they do make obviously they design stuff and then we have to bring it to life. So designers are good. Designers. I haven't really thought about architects architecture in particular. They're more on the building side of it. Like the framing. Yeah, we'll eventually, we'll eventually encounter but, them. But then that's a good, actually, look, I could look into that. Actually, we worked well, with an architect. Yeah, we built point. a house with an architect. I mean, he did, he did go so far as to lay out the, oh, the tile in the plans, oh, okay. the tile in our oh, yeah. shower. You know, he had these little art uh-huh. patterns. That are, oh. what do you, I think he called them returns or something like it. There would be a basic pattern and then the hint of that pattern somewhere in yeah. there. I mean, he was a, yeah, he was in charge of every detail. There was no decorator okay. involved. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. You know, I With all due respects to decorators, if you have an architect, you really don't need a decorator. Yeah. No disrespect to decorators, because I know you guys are going to say otherwise. Yeah, it's it's a different level, you know? It is, yeah. yeah. Depends on what kind of architect, too. I don't want to disrespect any decorators. Right. And, and there's some that they only want to do the big picture. Yeah, right. Or they're not as art. They're 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 book smart. They're blueprint smart. They're not necessarily they're engineering art smart. They're not doing yeah. the actual detail work. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, that's what I was thinking. I, I guess I didn't realize that they did all that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I could say some the same. Some and there's yeah. commercial and residential too, yeah. and they they may yeah. be commercials that tend to be a little more. Cookie cutter, I think. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm used it to dealing is. with commercial architects. And the worst part about commercial, and it's why I try to stay away from it, is there's there's no appreciation for quality until the owner wants to know why it looks like that. <laughs> Wait, it's too. Is that, does that sum it all up? Can you put everything I said? <laughs> and everything that comes all the. Where everybody's throwing each other under the bus and everything that comes with 
what I just said. Yeah. And basically, in a nutshell, just broke it down in one sentence where I've got paragraphs. There we go. Explaining what I mean behind that and how I got to that theory. There's, they're always in a hurry. They're always in a hurry. That might be really close to that the next question I had, which was, you know, is there is there something about being in a family business that you know now that you wish you'd known then? Back in you know, when you started. I mean, I'll let Rachel touch on that. No, no. I don't know, actually. How much how hard it is to work for her husband <laughs> or with? <laughs> That's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're in a different dynamic. Back in New York, we did technically work together. In a different aspect, as in, I wasn't full on in the business. Back in New York, when Eric decided to be a business owner so many years ago, me doing already what I did, I took that on, but I also had my own career. And he was already established there. He knew people, everyone knew him, so he didn't really have to. He wasn't starting from scratch, right? He just was Everything stepping just into came business, way. stepping into the business himself, but already had all the context and that stuff. So coming out here to Florida, once we paired up, we had to start all over and getting to meet people and get clients really ourselves. Yeah, not not only start over, but more than start over because I grew up where I I was successful. So, oh, you're Mike's nephew. Oh, yeah. And then you get that from the distributors and now you're getting that from the business owners. And there were numerous places and locations that he was contracting through. So once he moved out of the way and moved out of town, I mean, it was just already kind of there for me. So we, yes. moving here, we had to acquire things that kind yeah. of were given. And also having to work closer together because now I have to, back, back in New York, he kind of handled everything. I didn't have really much decision making i would say i was just doing the business side but now i do deal i'm in the field now also dealing with clients and talking to them so then now we have to really work closer together as business owners together so i think that's been a different dynamic for us but i think we get along everyone always says how i i knew i met somebody and they actually knew a client that we worked for and he had said to to this other person how well we had worked together on the job site like that was one of his things and he had told me that and I think that's one thing for us is that even no matter how things are at home or whatever in our relationship, we always work very well together. We never, we never bring that to the job site. So we really, enjoy, I think we enjoy working together, really. I definitely enjoy working. Sure. Yeah, so we, we were together before he decided to be his own business owner, really. Yeah, okay. And me doing what I had done already, it was an easy conversion for him. He just looked at me like, I want to own my own business. So I knew what that meant for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So that meant so you knew what you were getting into. Right I, away. Yeah. I mean, I had already been doing it for other people. So yeah. I, I knew all the steps and how to really do all that. So the, big, the, the biggest switch for me become a, and I'll be quick on this because I know this isn't one of your questions. What made me convert to the business owner was how many times I took on a subcontract job in the customer would say that they really didn't care for the salesperson. Some of the stuff that the salesperson had promised them, the measure guy <laughs> or the, the estimator, you're dealing with too many different people leading up to the installation. And only the installation and the person with experience installing can really explain how the install installation is going to go and how well the material wears and everything else. A salesperson's knowledge is only the knowledge that he's receiving from a distributor. A distributor is always going to talk something up. Vinyl plank, the vinyl plank that's flooring, flooring that's been going in strong for like the last 20 years. The stuff they were telling the people that were buying it 20 years ago, how did they really know for sure? How did they really know for sure that it was waterproof or whether it needed a vapor barrier underneath it and so on and so So I was like, these customers never seemed to, to like any of the experience except for the installation that I had been providing. Let me see if I could do it better. Yeah. Nice. Oh. nice. Yeah. So customer experience. I mean, that's what I'm hearing that, that you guys are really focused on, on the full customer experience end to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's also a, it sounds like a, a differentiator for you guys. 
It is actually we've we've heard from different people or just we try and relate to people just how a different experience is with us because we are the beginning to the end. And I've already done the majority of things wrong too, just to show that I am humble. That's a fact. I tell I tell people that work for me all the time too, please just hear me out because I've already done everything wrong. There's you learn by stumbling and struggling sometimes. So not just not just my experience with the customers and stuff. I mean, the most exciting part for me is that inside and out, the flooring business, I've experienced every single position that would need to be had to run a storefront, sell materials and labor, the expectations of the customer, the expectations of the salesperson, everybody from top to bottom, because I am now all of those. Yeah. So it's really cool to know. Sometimes I do credit myself on that as you really put your time in every area. I've even worked the back end, the, the warehouse and help load up other installers for 13 months one time just to do it for extra work. So, yeah, really cool. Job. You could sell, you could sell flooring for 40 years and really not know how to install it. Sure. Not know what it, how it wears in someone's home outside of it's life experience. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they even a, even a salesperson is a, is a, is a customer sometimes in life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you, you know how to treat somebody because you know what your expectations are. Well, if somebody promises you everything's going to go well and everything's going to be beautiful, you promised, you know? So we like to fulfill that. Follow through thing. with yeah. your promise. Yeah. You take that serious. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Because it's your name on the business. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the challenges for family businesses, I think, is that you've got that founder like like you that you know has done it been there it's their name on it and and the the challenge they face is as they grow or if they're going to transition to the next generation they're they're afraid that when they hand the reins over to someone else or or they just grow and and put other people in the field that they're not going to be doing it and they're not going to be doing it no i know that's but but that training aspect and, and the trusting and, and also letting people make their own mistakes, that that becomes a, a real challenge for some people. And it, I, I, I mean this, I mean this with 100% sincerity. If you put the money that you could potentially make off of a project on the very bottom of the list and switch the order of the thought, like most entrepreneurs or business owners, I think from my experience working under them, I think they sometimes put money in the top three of top 10 for a, for a consumer's experience. Like if that's what you're thinking about most, it makes no sense to even think about the money because the money you can put last because as long as you cover everything else that comes before the money, the money's gonna be there. So why would you ever during any point in someone's project think about money at all it doesn't even make any sense it's a wasted thought you're thinking about something that is going to be there no matter what as long as you accomplish everything else from point a all the way down i told you it was going to be a good experience i told you the price was going to be right i told you it was insured i told you the installation was going to be perfect i told you it was going to be done in this many days when all of that stuff happens, yeah. they're not only paying you what you initially agreed upon, you're getting gift cards to Publix, you're getting gas cards, you're getting, oh my God, can you do my daughter's entire inside of her house? You're getting, you see what I mean? So, which is way more than money that you could have made off the project. Just accomplish everything else that's important to the, to the client first. And then the money comes naturally. Man, it just looks like you're reading my mind. It's just, yeah, I, I like to say that money is a side effect. It's a natural result of doing doing things the right way. way. The yeah. Right yeah. Doing exactly. it the right way and doing it as best as you can the way you explained it was going to be. Right. That's Yeah, that's really important. You manage expectations. You create an expectation, then you need to fulfill that expectation. Yeah. So it mm -hmm. promised that, that, that sales thing of 
you know, pro- over promising and yeah. under delivering. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was saying one thing yeah, about this, yeah, benefit from us is like when I people call, I explain to them, estimator is also our master installer. He's going to be installing also. And people get really enjoy that because they know that they're getting frustrated. They're not getting somebody who's just coming in and then later on just sending somebody in. And there's no communication and the work isn't as good as they were expecting. Yeah. I mean, that would be like going to a fancy restaurant and having the, the chef <laughs> uh, not only cook your meal, but bring it and ser- serve it to you. Yeah. Right. Another thing too is a lot of these businesses, especially the ones that, that demand half down, which is the majority of business, it's just the way it is. Sometimes they're trying to close you and book your and schedule your installation and they, they can't guarantee yeah. That the material is even going to be in on time. So that ends up being the initial prop, the, the, the first thing that affects the customer negatively is that the salesperson, because he wants them to close and he wants them to put half down today, because that's part of what he's told to do by the person above who's thinking about money all the time. That's the first thing that goes wrong. They... Rachel sometimes, this is a, for instance, Rachel sometimes has some of these designers, they send us blueprints and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And they want to give, they want me to give them a quote. I'm not willing to give you a quote based on, I can read the measurements. I can read the blueprint. No problem. I might, I was an apprentice to a technology grad. So I learned how to read blueprints without any schooling. It was just given to me because he appreciated me and I appreciated him. But I can, is it going to be diagonal? Are the pieces three by six inch or are they 12 by 24 inch? Are they, you know what I mean? Are there, is there any inserts? Are there, is there any detail? We're, you know, we're is visual. It, is it glass? Is it porcelain? <laughs> it's more is of it a visual marble? Person. Is it quartz? A backsplash could be made out of numerous, is it stone? It could be made out of numerous different materials. That's one. I need to walk through. I need to see before I can be as fair to the customers the customer deserves to give them the best, best estimate that I possibly could. It's not only going to be fair to them, but fair to me too. Because one thing I don't do is agree to something and then tell the customer later that, especially if it's not something that's unforeseen. If it's something that I should have, if I would have done a walkthrough, I would have noticed right away. I would have been able to account for it. I eat those things. Those are the things where I don't even mention it to the customer. I just reach in my pocket, make it right, and that's it. Um, but you can't guarantee stuff like that if you're just looking at a blueprint and shouting them out an estimate over the phone or through yeah. an email. Yeah. Because so, those are, that's where it starts. That's where the headache starts. <laughs> that's where your five stars goes to four and then three and so on and so forth because you're just so putting the money up here all you want you just want them to close you don't know when they're going to get that material from asia but as long as they give me half today we're a business right okay so advice that you would give other family businesses small businesses it sounds like number one is don't put the money first think don't think about the money think about the customer experience yeah what, what don't over promise don't get in a hurry maybe is that is that another one don't, yeah, don't, don't rush it by don't rush into the deal no, so if, 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 if someone that's selling high-end installation isn't capable of knowing when they can go fast and when they can go slow they don't have enough experience there's moments when you're installing tile where you can go really fast and then there's times when you have to slow down or you're going to cut yourself you're going to make more mistakes. You're going to start wasting material because you're making mistakes and because you're now frustrated because you, which all stems from going too fast. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when I got something planned on a Friday or something like that, especially when I was younger, when I actually used to have a lot of fun on Friday and Saturday before I was raising kids. Not that I don't love any movie night and stuff like that. Cause I do, but I mean, when I was young, when it was beer 30, cut my finger shoot myself with a brand nail all the time at like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Why? Because I'm in a hurry, which also, like I said, I've already done everything wrong. A man, slow down. <laughs> You're going to shoot yourself with that brad nailer. Yep. Definitely. Going fast never, never, never helps the project at all. 
I think too, one thing that's big too, working with family, that's a little bit harder than working with people that you're just coworkers with is setting boundaries. As everybody knows, <laughs> have managing expectations on what one person does and what the other person does and kind of just, and also collaborating, like we always talk about, just making sure that everyone has some input, I guess, uh, like Eric's, like we're very clear on like what our expectations are, like what he's good at and what it is that I'm good at. Okay. I want to I dig in on that just a little bit because this is, this is the key. You, you said everybody knows and, and yeah, everybody knows that in families, boundaries tend to get lax yeah. and or not, they're not, um, they're not respected. Yeah. So everybody knows that. So it's obvious, but what's not obvious is what do you do about it? How do you overcome that and yeah. not just live with the, the, the frustrations? And the problem come? getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, so what's, what's a key that you could share about how you guys keep the boundaries, set the boundaries and, and keep them clear? Yeah. I know for us, we know what we're going to I don't try and tell him in any way, shape or form, like what to do or how to do it or think that I have a great idea because I don't know. Like that's his experience. So, and same thing him with me, like he doesn't micromanage like my experience or what I do. So I think just, just letting the people who are good at what they do in the business, because everybody has their little specialty or whatever it is, just letting them really take charge of what it is that they do. I mean, I don't know. It might be different dynamics depending on like what type of business it is or kind of like what everybody's experience is. But for us in particular, we're just, it's very clear what our roles and like what we know and what we don't know. And we don't try just overstep that. I think, I think that I, I think well you just us. hit on a principle. I, I, I mean, yeah, the details are going to be different, different businesses, but I think yeah. the principle of going with your strengths, yeah. knowing your strengths, or finding people's strengths and then letting them work to their strengths and not trying to make them overcome their weaknesses. Yeah. Huge. And, and yeah. I think that principle is applicable just about everywhere. I think too, though, having to, like I have worked, both worked with family before, but we don't have the dynamic where we have somebody who really wants to try and like be the boss of everybody else. So and that gets a little hairy. I know as, as I've experienced before, but that doesn't really, we don't have that dynamic, I think. Awesome. I think I think I make it easy because I know I need her help. Yeah, and I need his so help to make her miserable. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, it's really not going to make any sense. I need her. She needs me to do the installation and do a good job. Yeah, she's continuously building us up as good quality installation. So if I don't continue to provide good quality installation, it's ma not making her job. It's making her out to be a liar. It's making her job so she doesn't ruffle my feathers. I don't ruffle hers because it's not gonna. Innocence, in yeah. Any kind of way. Yep. <laughs> well, it's working because I I had a floor contractor uh, that I met in, in a networking or group uh, tell me, basically a competitor of yours in a way, but tell mm -hmm. me that you are a true artist. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. really high quality work. So, I mean, that's and it breaks my job. like that by a, by another person in your field. Yeah. That's, that's you're doing something right. Doing yeah. something right. Eric's amazing. And that's one reason it makes it easier for me to go out there and promote him is because I know he's doing such a good job and I totally trust his capabilities and what he, what he can, what he can provide. So I, I, I think it's, I drive myself crazy trying to get stuff perfect, even stuff that's not going to turn out perfect, yeah. no matter how hard I try. I just don't know when to leave well enough alone. I really it seems don't like you and, and gosh, we're going to, we're going to need to wrap this up, but it, I know. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to getting to know you more, but it sounds like you have learned to apply perfectionism intentionally where, where it fits and where it's effective mm -hmm. and not in all areas of your life. And <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Isn't, isn't necessary and, and isn't reasonable. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Coming, coming, as I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Yeah, so I, I <laughs> and you can spot that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a lot of recovery yet to do. But what really does think, though, the honest truth, I don't know that any perfectionists, I mean, unless they're athletes or musicians, really ever become wealthy. Because honestly, I would need at least 10 of me, 10 people that think just like me and love it as much as I do to really be able to, to grow and expand 
in a way where I would acquire wealth. Well, maybe so I have wealth. I have wealth in family. I have wealth in pride. In yes, so and that so. is part. Wealth is not just money. I mean, that's yeah. another whole thing. But yeah, the definitely lets us retire though. Let us send our kids to better colleges. Yeah. It lets us afford this gas. <laughs> I still think that's fun. Yes. Yes, it's, it it's gives us days off. Yeah. It's money and 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 yeah yeah yeah. Well, so so we can maybe have somebody that wants to that thinks like you find you and reach you. How sh- can people who are listening to this podcast or watching this video? How can they find you? Where do you like to be found? I know you have a Facebook page, right? We do have a Facebook page. It is our business, Artistic Flooring and Tile LLC. And we are actually currently building our website, so that will be coming soon. Yeah. Or they can call me. We do post everything on Facebook, so they can take a look at a lot of your experience and and everything that's on there, Eric has personally built. So it's, yeah. So that's that's your portfolio. That's your, for now, it's your website. Right. And we don't, we don't, we don't necessarily need employees either. Anybody that hears this podcast that feels the way I do. By all means, please reach out to us. I'm sure that we can come up to some 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 sort of negotiation that'll make both parties happy. They don't have to work for me, but they could maybe I can help them fill some voids in their yearly schedule and and, and vice versa. Yeah. Collaboration. Collaboration. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. This yeah, been, thank you all. Thank you for the opportunity to let us, yeah. let us and we hope to get to do this again on another area? Absolutely. I was just getting warmed up. Cool. All right. I didn't even grab the surface. This is me with a headache. Can you imagine? <laughs> I didn't see that coming oh. yet. So, but then- Could you imagine if I had a surveyor's eye or something like that? We'd be, <laughs> be here all night. You'd be like, Eric, it's over. Yeah. It's <laughs> time. It's 8 o'clock. It's, definitely- Thank you guys very much. Thanks oh, again. Thank you. Yeah,